0: Good morning, beloved family. How are you?
1: I pray that you're well. We are fine over here. We're staying healthy, and I pray that you are too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. This coronavirus is spreading so fast. I wouldn't be surprised if some of you out there or people you know, um, even loved ones, may have caught it. Um, And I pray that you are part of the 80% um, most people, if they have it, many people that are young or healthy or don't know they have it. Others, it's just like a common cold and or a little flu, and it, it goes away. So it's only those that are compromised more seriously whose health is compromised, who are older, who um, have other serious issues that it would affect uh, more strongly because of a compromised immune system. So I, my heart is with you. Um, and our prayers are with you. And, uh, you know, so many people have tried to guess what this is about. Um, they say, is it our sins? Is it God's wrath? Um, no, God wouldn't do that. Well, I tell you, beloved, I think he would. Um, history is full of, even in the Old Testament, of God sending plagues, Um and, and chastisements to his people um, uh, because they were in sin, because they turned away from him. And I think that we as a whole have turned away from him. And I mean Catholics. Uh, I'm not speaking of the rest of the world. It's whom God loves that he chastens. And I, I think that we, as a family, if you read the book of Daniel, um, he prayed Daniel was a righteous man but he um, begged God for forgiveness for their sins he included himself Um, we are God's people and uh, there's a good number of us that truly love him, that truly live the faith that don't compromise but there is the larger percentage of Catholics that do not live their faith or coast or are lukewarm and we know that our past presidents were uh, really put in office, um, uh, many of them who were evil in their morality, in their thinking, um, were put in place by Catholics because over 50% of Catholics voted for them, voted for presidents who were pro-abortion Uh, voted for congressmen and candidates who were pro-abortion and had just as many divorces, so to speak, as the world had, um, just as many abortions or more than the world. Uh, The scandals that have come out of the Catholic Church, we have spread our dirty laundry all over the world. Um, Is there much good to say? Of course there is but God doesn't chastise us for the good or even for the few. Remember when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham begged God, if there's 50 righteous people in the whole city, will you spare it? He said, I will. And Abraham said, "Uh, excuse me, but what about 40? And God said, yes, I'll spare it for 40. And he said, excuse me, but... If there's 30, and God said, sure, I'll spare it for 30 and 20, and God said, yes, and Abraham said, oh, forgive me for speaking once more before you, but what if there's 10 righteous men? God said, I will spare it for 10, and he destroyed the city because there weren't even 10, And, um, and in Noah's day, just about all the people were living a life of debauchery as if God didn't exist. And God said, when he comes back to earth, will he find the faith? And he said, it'll be just like in the days of Noah. And he's talking about his people and the whole world uh, also. But if we as Catholics, I don't mean individually because there are very good heroic Catholics, but as a people, if we lived the Catholic faith, not just went to church on Sunday, but lived the Catholic faith, truly in our homes, in our personal lives, um, the world would be converted. I remember uh, Peter Kreeft, that wonderful convert, had said, how come 12 fishermen converted the world and a half a billion uh, Catholics cannot um, uh, uh, what did he say? Redo the feat, something like that. Uh, why are we not um, the um, The pendulum, uh, the ones who spread assault to the world—salt and light—but we don't. Um, We don't. Uh, It's it's so shameful that candidates for president and for other areas of office who claim to be Catholic support abortion, uh, homosexuality, same-sex marriage. It's it's a tragedy. It's a it's an awful, awful scandal. It means you can be Catholic and do what you want. You can do what you want because God has given us free will. But we cannot expect God to withhold his wrath and his chastisement from us. Um, And so I do think I'm not a prophet. I don't know this. I don't say it as a matter of fact. But I say it as a matter of at least opinion. Two and two is four. it makes sense to me. That this is God's chastisement I heard last night that there's a million point five a million and a half babies killed uh, since Roe v. Wade and we're still putting pro-abortion candidates into office when we do that we participate in their murder of the unborn we participate in their murder of the unborn if we voted them into office um, and we could say, but we didn't vote in for that. We voted them for other things. Well, you can vote them in for other things, but there's no nothing that is as um, high and evil as murder. Murder's number one. There are some who think uh, we shouldn't vote on one point. Well, if it's the point of murder, we must vote against it. We must. We must. Uh, climate change may kill the whole world i don't believe it by the way it may kill the whole world uh, they're saying in time um but abortion is the direct murder by us of innocent innocent babies in the womb a million and a half it it's it's unthinkable but it's upon us so i i i personally believe that beloved um I found an article. Though I know many of you, many of us are suffering because we're not able to have the Eucharist. Um, we're not able to go to Mass. Um, we are in pain because churches have been closed, masses have been forbidden uh, for the public. Even though in most dioceses, the bishop has asked the mass, the priests to celebrate mass every day for uh, for the faithful, for the whole church, for the world. Um, not all priests do that. Uh, I wish they would, but they don't all do that. Um, Not all priests believe um, in the real presence of God. Does that mean when they consecrate the host, um, when they consecrate the, the precious blood when they consecrate the bread and wine and it becomes the body and blood of Christ, if they don't believe, does that mean it's not true? Absolutely not. God functions outside of that. And um, the state of the priest does not determine the effectiveness of the consecration. It is what God does through the priest, regardless of the state of the priest. So we can have confidence in that. If he is a... um, Canonically ordained priest. Um, let me just do one thing here. Hold on. Hold on one moment. Give us a little more light. I have an article um, uh, writ- written by Meg Hul- Hunter Kilmer. Um, I don't have her. Let me see if I have any information on her to give you. And I don't at the moment. I don't. So sorry. Um, but it is um it's just uh, written a few days ago, and it's saints who have had to live without the Eucharist um, and she says these stories will put our momentary fast from the body and blood of Christ into perspective with dioceses around the world cancelling public masses for weeks to come. Many Catholics are already feeling. Starved for the Eucharist. Beloved, that's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. It shows us our love for God. To some people, they don't even know. They're not even, they go to church maybe only on Sundays. Uh, Most people uh, are not able to go during the week, but those who go Sundays do it sometimes out of routine, out of fear, cultural, because they're Catholic uh, and they know they're supposed to go. Um, those people are not going to be so. It's a great number of Catholics. I, I, I hate to say it, but those people will not be so affected by these. They will not be starved without the Eucharist. When the world is fighting a global pandemic, it seems that the Mass would be more necessary than ever. But while public Masses are canceled, the private ones continue, and the body of Christ is able to receive the graces from those masses, especially when we make a spiritual communion. We'll read more on this. It's a wonderful article, beloved. As soon as we come back from the break, then at the half hour mark, we will um, uh, begin to take your calls, your texts, your emails. The toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at. A station of the will be right back. good to have you join me on mother miriam live we are in uncertain times for sure but we also know that our dear lord assures us that he is with us always even in this dark night we must press on and god willing the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life family and faith i would urge you to support the good work at life site news that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity right now life site news is in the midst of their spree fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit LifeSiteNews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity.
0: Welcome
1: back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be with you. And um, let me just mention, you—if um, you, if you uh, were with us during the break—I um, had recorded a um, announcement for LifeSite News, who is right in the middle of their fundraising campaign, and. Um, it's, it's going on right now, this week and next, and you know uh, Station of the Cross, LifeSite News, and just about every good Catholic apostolate needs to have a couple of fundraisers a year. Some of them have many. Uh, LifeSite News and Station of the Cross do not have very many, but uh, when they do, they really, really need you and depend on listeners to help them. And now when people are maybe out of work uh, because of the virus and other things and they're afraid, I tell you, I always think of King David's statement that we, um, uh, what did he say? Um, uh, Oh my goodness, I I forget the verse I'm looking for. Um, I will not give God... Um, I will, I, I don't remember it. all, it's terrible. But, um, it's the time to give. That's the point that we give, uh, not out of our want, but out of our need, like the wit like the widow's might. And so it's the most important. And when you're suffering during the coronavirus, I think all of us are suffering in some way, uh, just because we watch the news and, and we're concerned about things or we've been, um, isolated from some things like the Holy Mass. um, It's the time to give, not to stay back and protect ourselves, but it's the time to give to these magnificent apostolates that keep us in touch with our faith, in touch with what's going on, with what's going on from a Catholic perspective that help us enormously, um, again, live streaming the Mass and and teaching us how to make spiritual communions and keeping us up on the news. And it happens that this week and next is Life site News. Um, it's their fundraising campaign. So they're, they're really asking us. Uh, it's their spring campaign, and they're really asking us to kind of help them and step up to the plate. There's been a, a generous, wonderful family who has offered to double, uh, to match, Every gift given, so ten dollars will become twenty, a thousand dollars will become two thousand. They've really uh, offered an incredibly generous match for those who give during this uh, spring campaign this week and next. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and they're the only source. LifeSite is for a comprehensive look. At the global crisis affecting faith, life, and family. In fact, um, I wouldn't come to you at all if it weren't for the Station of the Cross. But I wouldn't come to you uh, live were it not for live stream for uh, for Station of the Cross uh, live streaming this. It, it's because of them. It's because of these two apostles together. Um, so I would urge you, I would beg you, yes, I would, to give to these two apostles. We do here at Daughters of the Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, we give, and we ask you to join us. Um, if you value the work they're doing, um, then, of course, the most wonderful way is to become a monthly supported to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism um, I will tell you we've done that here, and we don't even think about it. We we just put it on an automatic donation, and we live on donations. We live on donations, but we donate to a very, very few and very select apostolates who help keep the faith and the family uh, safe and alive and uh, up-to-date with Vital, vital, vital news, and so um, their supporter, I just have the figure offered to double every monthly pledge for a year up to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, so a monthly pledge will be doubled to uh, is if they get one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, it will be doubled to two hundred and forty thousand so it it 's just huge. Um, There's a link um, in the comments of this video below, and you can visit uh, News one word, lifesightnews.com forward slash 2020 to donate. Okay, that's the longest uh, message we've ever given because I would urge you to do it. I would urge you to support them. And again, uh, without them, Mother Miriam Live would not be site, would not be streamed, would not be on YouTube and Facebook and all of that. Station of the Cross probably would have done it eventually. But Site was completely set up for it and partnered with Station of the Cross. And without Station of the Cross, we wouldn't be doing this all together. So um, when they have their fundraising campaign, I'm going to be back and ask you to support them as well. These are two in my mind two of the greatest apostolates out there and I've said it before not just because I'm a part I'm a part of them because they are two of the greatest apostolates out there many people have silenced me and silenced other voices as you know and I'm on these two apostolates because they love the truth they love the church they're not afraid to speak it And uh, that's why I'm with them. And I respect them. I love them. I thank them. And I urge you to support them. So, com forward slash 2020. Okay, we are reading. We won't have too much time. But until the half hour mark, we're reading an article on saints who have had to live without the Eucharist. And, um, and let me see, um... Uh, okay. And of course, during the time where just priests without the um, faithful being there are celebrating masses, those graces abound to us in spiritual communions if we can make them. And if we are not, and if we are in, I should say, a state of grace, spiritual co- communion will mean nothing if we're not in a state of grace. And at that point, we must go to conf- confession. And if you cannot find a pl- priest to hear your confession, um, I can't imagine I can't imagine I'm going to say it a third time I cannot imagine any priest who would not hear confession of someone who is in grave sin um, that is not a priest I cannot imagine that and so um, if you are in grave or mortal sin uh, you must call a priest and see him and then be able to receive the graces of communion and um, This article goes on to say that, um, um, though not canonized, thousands and thousands of Japanese Christians lived without priests for nearly 250 years. They're the martyrs of Japan. Can you imagine living? We can't bear living now for a week without the sacrament. Can you imagine living for 250 years and remaining faithful as a people? They lived without priests for nearly 250 years. They baptized their children in secret, passing down the faith in whispered lessons, praying before images of the Madonna and Child that were disguised to look like Buddha images, Buddhist images. Can you imagine, beloved? In 1858, Japan finally readmitted Christian missionaries who found 10,000 hidden Christians who "...waiting for them. Imagine being raised with the near certainty that you would never in your life attend Mass, knowing of the Eucharist only, because your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother once went to Mass." It puts social distancing in perspective, social distancing in perspective. The saints, here's another one, the saints of 19th century Korea, that's in the 1800s, were in a similar situation. After the gospel was first preached by servant of God Yi Biaok, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Y I, and then B E O K, and his companions in 1784, the church was run entirely by lay people until 1795. At that point, Blessed James Zhao Wen uh, Mo, uh, again Z H O U, W E N hyphen M O. Um, Zhao Wenmo arrived and discovered 4,000 Catholics, only one of whom had ever seen a priest. Wenmo served as the only priest in all of Korea for six years until his martyrdom. For the next 36 years, there were again no masses in Korea until a small group of French priests arrived in 1836 and were killed two years later. Doesn't this put our present time in some perspective? This is an amazing, amazing thing, beloved. Amazing, Saint Isaac Yokes, um, uh, jokes. I guess we could say or Yokes. Saint Isaac Yoke, um, sixteen o seven to sixteen forty six. So he uh, died at age thirty nine he may have been prepared for torture and martyrdom when he traveled to North America to evangelize the Native Americans. But as a priest, he would not have expected to be deprived of the Eucharist until his hands were marred by his captors. At the time, a priest who was missing thumb and forefinger was unable, at that time, if you were missing thumb and forefinger, You couldn't celebrate the Mass. Um, So, from the time of his injury until having escaped his Mohawk captors, his return to France 17 months later, Father Yoke um, uh, was unable to confess to celebrate Mass or even to attend Mass he was given a special dispensation and permitted to celebrate Mass again in spite of the state of his hands and requested permission to return. Listen to this. He requested permission to return to America after his recovery. He was killed not long after his return, but his killer later repented and was baptized with the name Isaaciel. can you imagine that? Oh, I, I, I'm reading this article to you, and I have chills. Blessed Victoire Rasomanarivo. I don't have Rassomer Rasomanarivo. R A S O A M A N A R I V O. He lived from 1848 to 1894. He was um, a Malagasy noblewoman. Not he. Uh, Victoire, She was a Malagasy noblewoman and a convert to Catholicism, a leader in the church in Madagascar. When the French were expelled from Madagascar in 1883, the departing priests left the care of the church in her hands, along with Blessed Raphael Rafferings, a Madagascar religious brother. And for nearly three years, Victoire and Raphael led the 21,000 lay Catholics in Madagascar, bringing them together each Sunday for communal prayer, though there were no priests to celebrate Mass. Oh, this is just amazing. And I'm not going to continue this when we come back. Because I'm going to take your calls and your emails, but we'll read the rest of the article tomorrow, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1 877 511 5483, or email at mother at the of We'll be right back. Life Site News
2: is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
1: to have you join me on mother miriam live we are in uncertain times for sure but we also know that our dear lord assures us that he is with us always even in this dark night we must press on and god willing the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life family and faith i would urge you to support the good work at life news that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity right now life news is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit LifeSiteNews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity.
0: Welcome back,
1: beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, and uh, we have a whole half hour ahead of us, so I invite you again. I'll give out the number one more, once more for you to call or text. Uh, it's toll free, 1 877 511 5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, We are going to take your calls and emails. Um, let me see. Um, We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Good morning, Mother. Could you help me explain to my Protestant family the general absolution that the Pope is offering to those who are very ill with the coronavirus? I know that priests can grant absolution for soldiers during time of war but I am just not sure how to explain it. Thank you, Mother. Well, my dear one, I'm not ready to answer this question because I'm not sure either. I'm going to do a little work on this. I've, I've understood that the Pope um, uh, has said he was doing that, but I don't know about it. Um, uh, God uh, does not overlook the state of someone's soul um that's why it is um, uh, so important for us to have priests uh, to confess our sins, to be in a state of grace. Um, if one is in a state of grace and hasn't had time to go to confession for venial sins or others, um, it's one thing, but I don't know about offering um, absolute, general absolution for those who might be in a state of grave sin that have contracted the virus. So I I really can't answer that. I will look it up today and and bring it to you tomorrow. I promise I will do that. Um, Someone asked also, um, uh, Connor says, in my recent reading, I've been coming across statements contrasting God's permissive will and his perfect will or active will. Can you explain this notion to me, and perhaps give some examples, as as to how this dynamic could play out in a believer's life? Well, it's the answers in the um, the words. Uh, God's uh, permissive will um, uh, is his active will. He per- he permits sin for example it's he allows it it's god's permissive will is what he does not purpose but what he allows he permits it such as us to live every day though we sin every day so he permits sin he doesn't will it not his perfect will but he permits sin his perfect will is that there would be no sin at all his perfect will is that uh we would refrain from sin Uh, that we would go to confession. Uh, His perfect will is that um, um, we should adore him. We should go to mass on Sunday. Uh, That's his perfect will. His permissive will allows that we sleep in or we go to a ball game and we miss mass on Sunday. And then we're able to go to confession. Uh, That's his permissive will. So his perfect will is what he wills, is what he positively wills, what he wants to happen. The permissive will is what he allows to happen, even if it's sinful or evil. I hope that helps somewhat. Um, Okay. Um, Dear Mother, uh, has God fired a warning shot? I think so. I can't know. This is not Catholic teaching definitive answer, but I think so. What we spoke about at the beginning of the program, he chastises whom he loves. And I think this is God's chastisement. Do I think it's his perfect will or his permissive will? I can't answer that either. I cannot answer. Uh, I would almost say perfect will. He, if you If you read the tremendous plagues that God sent on the people of Israel— uh, bitten by snails and 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 everything every matter of uh, bug um that was what god sent uh, because his people were living a life of debauchery and he sent that and most of them died most of them were killed he sent a plague on them moses begged god to stop the plague eventually god did but most of god's people not the uh, evil world outside of israel most of god's people were killed in that plague because to whom much is given much is required we have been given much and we collectively live like the world you cannot tell a catholic from the world very very difficult and it's incredibly shameful so i think yes that god has fired a warning shot and if we don't take it that way if we don't get serious about living our faith um I think we'll be in worse trouble. Um, an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, I come from a family of very stubborn people, and despite the fact that we are all practicing Catholics who hear about the value of forgiveness all the time, we have had family squabbles about which our family members refuse to forgive each other. Do you have any advice? Yes. The first advice I have is, is to know that you are not a family of practicing catholics. People who don't forgive are not catholic. You may say we're catholic we just don't forgive. I say you're not. Because our lord says, "Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us." And if you if if you don't forgive those who trespass against you, you are asking god in that prayer to not forgive you and therefore you're not catholic. You're living in terrible sin. You're not Catholic. So the first step is to realize that you don't have a choice if you're Catholic to forgive. Do you think Jesus felt like forgiving us on the cross? Did he feel like that? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We put him to death and he should have said, Father, kill them. But he didn't. Forgive them. Forgiveness, someone said, is forgiving. We put him to the cross. On the cross by our sins we did that we nailed him to the cross we killed the savior did the romans kill him Ah, they put the nails in him at the shout of the jews did the jews kill him yes crucify him yes 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 but the fact is bottom line sin killed him our sin it was sin that killed the savior he came to earth for our sin he came to die we put him to death we did that and he said, as he was nailed to the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you say, of course they know what they're doing. They're doing it. But the Apostle Paul says, no. If we knew who he was, was we would not have crucified the Lord of glory because sin blinds us. We know physically we put the nail in his hands. Your family knows that they're not forgiving and being forgiven. They know that and that is sin, and they persist in it. They don't know what they do. How is that? Because our Lord said, sin blinds us. They're blinded. They think they have a right to not forgive. They don't. They think they have a right. Well, you injured me. I'm not forgiving you. You haven't even said you're sorry, but we didn't say we're sorry to God. He died while we were yet in our sin, we didn't come to our senses. We didn't know we were killing him. We didn't know we were doing wrong. We thought we were very righteous. It's not our fault. It's your fault. You claim to be the son of God. You're, you're the one who caused this for yourself. You see, they were blind and stupid and ignorant. Yes, and so are we when we don't forgive. And so God says, Father, forgive, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing now. What are we supposed to do? God forgives us while yet in our sin, and we go to Mass, and he forgives us through his priest. He forgives us over and over and over again. What's our part? To confess? No, that's not our part. That's God's grace. Our part. Paul wrote to the Ephesians to forgive as God in Christ has forgiven you. If you don't, you're not Catholic, and you're asking God to not forgive you. You must forgive. But I can't. How can I forgive? You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. But I know what we did to God, putting him on the cross. And if he can forgive us miserable sinners, how can we justify not forgiving others who have sinned against us. We sinned against the Lord of glory. They sinned against another sinner. Our sin is much greater no matter what we've done. The greatness of sin is not based on the sin, but the ba- it's based on the one sinned against. We, even if we told a little white lie, so to speak, and there's no such thing as a lie that's white. White means pure and holy. There's no such thing. But we have sinned against a holy God. Those who sin against us have sinned against a sinner. Even if we're innocent in that situation, they've sinned against a sinner. Someone who murders me, they're murdering a sinner. And if I have committed the tiniest sin, by my estimation, my sin against God is greater than their murder of me say, Mother, now you're really off the charts. I am not. I am not. If it weren't for the death of God, we would all be in hell because there's no one without sin. It doesn't mean we've all committed grave sin, but any sin separates us from God. Apart from his death on the cross, we would all be in hell, all of us. Not one of us deserves eternal life in heaven. Not one of us. We need to take this seriously, beloved. So you could have family squabbles and your family members refuse to forgive each other, but you must put the Our Father before them. Show them the Our Father in the Gospel of Luke as well. If we do not forgive those who sin against us, we are asking God to not forgive us. If you don't take that seriously, It's going to be a very serious loss. You may not say you're practicing Catholics. You are not practicing Catholics. And at this point, based on your unforgiveness, you're not Catholic and you're not on your way to heaven. You say, Mother Miriam, come on. It's not that serious. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You cannot get into heaven without God's forgiveness. And you ask him in the Our Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. You could say, but I forgive most people. It's just these two. Well, then you're asking God to not forgive you. Only takes one. Forgive those. Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. You must forgive. It's not an option. It's not heroic. It is heroic. Jesus was heroic when he forgave us as we put him to death. But you must do it. You must forgive them as God in Christ has forgiven you. And if you won't, you're saying, I don't care that you don't forgive me, God. I'm willing to take hell, but I'm not forgiving them. Well, you do have that choice. And it will not be God's um, perfect will that you go to hell. But it will be his permissive will, as we spoke earlier. It will be his permissive will because he will not violate your choice. He's given us free will, and if we choose hell, it's our choice. He will not come against it. He will give us every grace to repent, but if we don't and we don't forgive, he'll say, okay, I respect your choice then. I will answer your prayer and not forgive you. It's what we're asking God to do. Okay, beloved, you think, oh, my goodness, Mother Miriam, those are harsh words. but Come on. That's not what the Catholic Church teaches. Yes, it is. The Catholic Church gave the world the Bible. We've become very soft today. Very, very soft today. We hardly know what Catholicism is anymore. We hardly know who God is anymore. We forgive. We are forgiven to the extent that we forgive others. There's the music for our break, beloved. You might have questions on that, and you're welcome. I invite you to call me. It'll be our last segment of the show for today, and you're welcome to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
3: And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSight News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSight is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture.
4: Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9 30 p.m. Eastern, right here. on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
0: Welcome back, beloved,
1: to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so glad to be with you. So many things have been taken from us. Well, the most important thing, the Eucharist, um, during this time that we are all suffering and praying, and uh, and I pray offering spiritual communions and remaining in a state of grace. And if you're not in a state of grace, you call a priest and bang down his door um, to confess you. Um To give you absolution, if you have a sincere confession, it is absolutely crucial. I hear of priests not being allowed into hospitals, not even into hospice. It's it's completely tragic. I've never heard of this before. Uh, There have been plagues throughout history where millions of people have died, but the priest is the one who is allowed to come in and give them absolution in Viaticum. And my goodness, I think of Saint um vincent de paul who arrived at the town to be their priest when the town was completely boarded up from the plague and he b- broke into houses to save lives um it it's it's an it's an amazing time we're living through um and um it's a dangerous time it's a confusing time uh, um, but we need to pray beloved and we need to trust what god has allowed We need to trust what God has allowed and pray and be part of his heroic people who who act wisely, who, yes, wash their hands and keep social distance, but are not afraid to help those who need help, especially you young people, especially those who are um, healthier, um, whether you're Catholic or not. Go to the elderly people, go to an assisted living facility, go to uh, um, elderly apartment complexes and knock on everybody's door and see if they're okay, see if they need food, see if they need help. That's what I think should happen. Okay. We have a question uh, on Facebook from Jim. He says, if someone dies in the state of mortal sin, is there still a chance that after he dies, he can repent of the sins he committed on earth and experience the divine mercy of God? Jim, the answer is no. Not even a maybe. It's absolutely no. The state in which we die is the state in which we live for all eternity. If we die in the grace of God, we will be in heaven for all eternity, even if we go through purgatory, which most of us will. If we die in a state of mortal sin we are in hell forever. There's no in between. There's no, um, there's no other place. We will be in hell. And that is the state of being without God and being in torture for all eternity. And you say, what kind of a God would do that? Not the God we have wouldn't do that. It's we do that. We are the ones who choose to turn from God knowing that hell is a destiny that we're choosing. Now I'm going to say something else with that. I pray every night for a people who have died and according to my last record of them on earth they would be in hell for the life they were living they would be in hell. So, why do I pray for them every night? If they're in hell, there's nothing that can be done about that. The reason I pray for them every night, and I've done so for years, is because God is outside of time. And he, this, is, this is very uh, important to understand correctly. He answers prayers from our point of view, where in time, God answers prayers retroactively. So, if someone died 10 years ago and i'm praying for them now um god hears my prayers for them now and he already knew because he's outside of time that i would be praying for them and through my prayers god answered them and that life was saved and he died in a state of grace um the example i've often used of god being outside of time is a is a parade i talk about a christmas parade or um Whatever parade is coming up, I guess uh, May or um, Cinco de Mayo or or July Fourth, whatever it is. So it's a parade, and you stand at a certain corner, and you're waiting for the parade to come. And you see the beginning of it, the middle of it, the end of it. You watch as it goes by. It may take a half hour for that parade to go by, for that parade to go by. But a helicopter pilot way above the parade, he sees the entire thing at once. Uh, at once, the beginning and the end, he sees the whole thing at once. So it's it's outside of time. God is more outside of time than that. And so uh, God knew, he knows all things. He knows the end from the beginning. And so because of my prayers for that person now, God knew all things beforehand and he respects those, he takes those. And as he would have answered my prayers for that person while they were alive, he... Takes them now and answers them. He did answer them, knowing I would pray afterward. He answered them in a from our perspective. I say retroactively because he applied them to that person before that person died. Even though I didn't know that, and so if those prayers would have been effectual and that person's life would have been turned around at that time before he died, if he died in a state of grace then he would be on his way uh, to purgatory and to heaven. So not knowing this, I pray every night for those people, um, hoping that at least they're in purgatory because then they would be on their way to heaven. But again, clearly, hope I haven't confused anyone. Once someone dies, if they die in a state of mortal sin, um, whether someone's praying for them afterward or not, we have no idea what our prayers will do. Uh, for people here on earth we pray we trust god and we leave them in god's hands but we don't know that they'll convert and so if someone dies in a state of mor- mortal sin um, there is no chance that he can be saved after that absolutely none we determine the rest of our future by the state in which we choose to die that's why beloved we need to live. It's hard to say. I don't do this myself, but I, when I think of it, I do. Um, we need to live every day as if it's the last day of our life. Every day. You say, well, that's hard. Well, God will give us the grace. It means living a Catholic life. It means if we sin, go to confession. and 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 if you can't go to confession, you really need to make an act of perfect contrition. And an act of perfect contrition is a firm amendment um, not only to turn from sin, but to be detached from sin. That's very, very hard, including venial sin. It's not easy to make an act of perfect contrition. And so we need to learn that um, and we need to do that so that we can make spiritual communions. um, And we don't know that we have tomorrow. We could be in a car accident. We could... uh, Not wake up in the morning. Who knows? Uh, We need to live each day as if it's our last. It's very, and because if we die today, that will determine where we spend the rest of our life when i did a series with christine franklin on on ewtn now that we're catholic we had one program called the most important day of our life the most important day of your life and it was on uh the last four things death judgment heaven and hell and the most important day of your life is not the day you asked jesus into your heart or the day you became catholic um and were baptized no it is the, the day in which you die, that's the most important day of your life. If you die in a state of grace, you will be with God. If you do not, you will be outside of his grace for forever, forever, forever. Oh, these are hard things, but we have to get them. We have to not be afraid of them. How could we... Be saved if we don't know them. How can we teach others? Save our children, our family, our beloved friends. If if we become soft and judge God based on our thinking, we'll be eternally lost, beloved. There's our ending music for the program today. God bless you. Stay safe. Um, love your neighbor. Love your family. We'll speak with you tomorrow.